the road trip ends in the Windy City with the Phoenix Suns welcoming back Bradley Beal. Hell, just welcoming him. This is his first time ever playing as a member of the Phoenix Suns. A new number three is now on the team. It goes to overtime, and seeing as Bradley Beal's minutes were restricted by Frank Vogel, he didn't even play in overtime. But the Phoenix Suns win 116 to 115 and go two on one on the road trip, Matthew. Thumbs up. Yeah, you know, Beal's back, but Nurk took all that. uh, I don't know. I know we thought we'd be just so excited about Beal today, but it's all about Nurk, man. You know, me and the boys are hanging out here. We're just like, let's go Nurk. Like at the end, it's just crazy. It's like you're taking I thought, off your shirt. I never thought shirts. I would ever say that. Yeah, yeah, a couple times. It's always I never an... thought I would say that though. Let's go Nurk. Well, it's, it's <laughs> annoying when, when, when you got three buddies over and like you got the N and then the next person's got the U and the other guy's got the R and the uh, your fourth buddy forgot to do the K. He also did an N. Yeah. You're yep. like, let's go nerd. Like, <laughs> let's go, let's this go is, nerd. This is a nerd. And my mom had to game. come over, and then she had to paint her stomach. Yeah, and yeah. And, and bring you cookies and apple pie and such. And that's what <laughs> yeah, Nurk did, did tonight. Is he brought the apple pie when he played against Nikoli Vucevic in this game? So mm-hmm. a very uh, sloppy game as Suns Fever eighty three. One of our elite jamsters in the chat says a sloppy ass game, but we'll take the win. Yes. Absolutely. Those sloppy when, when you play Chicago, they're a defensive team that swipes and swats and gets under you. And and they just play kind of like Alex Caruso plays is they're they're a frustratingly defensive team that you look at who they are entering this game, a team that likes to force turnovers and score points on turnovers, a team that takes care of the ball. And the Phoenix Suns ultimately did oblige them. They ended up turning over the ball a total of 22 fucking times Jeez, man. leading to 30 of the bulls 115 points like but we got the dub and that's what's important that's yes what's important. we're 500 baby we're 500 we are i never thought i would see the day i thought this season was over um you know those turnovers they'll dwindle down to like around six to seven per game maybe when we got yeah. everything together and all these guys come back so just as long as we got that W, dude, I'm I'm excited we get this one, and I'm excited to cheer on Nurk, my new favorite Phoenix Sun. Just ordered his jersey, <laughs> <laughs> the El Valle Nurk jersey. Nice. I'm excited for this. And season. so in yeah. like two years, you can put duct tape on the back, and <laughs> yeah. then because yep. he's number twenty as well, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is. You know, I could change that one, the Josh Jackson. I could do that, but yes. I'll never do that to Sarvich. It's gonna stay a Sarvich jersey the rest of my life. Forever. For those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, once upon a time for Christmas, uh, my wife and I got Matthew a Josh Jackson jersey, <laughs> and it was the, I think it was the statement edition jersey. It was it had yeah, the black black PHX kind of like yep. what I'm wearing right now, but uh, not the current ones. And obviously, Josh Jackson fizzled and faded into. The, the nether world and what matthew did me. is he put duct tape over jackson's name and just wrote sarich on it so he still has that jersey <laughs> yeah. to this day just put nurkic over it now yeah should, i know but do, i can't like, do that i know you can't do it to sarich because no one cares anyway. well there's there's plenty to talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast so we thank everybody who's hanging out with us what you're whether you're watching live or watching later or if you're listening to the podcast truly appreciate you wanting to hear about what went down in chicago by absorbing what two idiots have to say about it. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. So plenty to talk about, Matthew. Uh, Let's crack open a teeth-cracking cold Coors Banquet beer. 
just like uh, oh, John Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. Let's pop into this podcast uh, against the Bulls, a win for the Phoenix Suns, four and four on the season. Suns tonight in Chicago, finishing the road trip two and one, a one point victory. So, as per usual, after a victory, shout out to Biscuits and the Bear in the chat. Uh, give it us a super chat, whatever the Suns win total is. Biscuits and the Bear is donating that total to the podcast, and it just so happens to be one crisp George Washington one dollar tonight because the Suns do win by a final score of one sixteen to 115 so thank you to biscuits and the bear for doing that and i got a question for matthew because i always do oi matty mate i've got to ask you i gotta ask when you play the bulls a team that clearly is going to be physical what did we learn about the suns tonight and their own physicality because this is a team that you could describe as finesse, at least Kevin Young's offensive sets in the past have been more of the finesse versus physical type. Did they show a little edge and gain your trust as a physical team, or are they still a finesse team in your opinion? I think finesse for sure. Right now, yeah. I was watching the game with my sisters, and you know we got out to that huge lead in the beginning of the game. I'm like, oh, this is easy. But then all of a sudden, the, the Bulls come back because they are physical. I'm like, wait, this team is soft. They're not going to win anything, I told her. I'm like, they're not going to win shit. We're too soft. We're always the fragile team out there. And that's what it looked like a lot like a lot tonight. I just even think with Kevin Durant handling the ball a lot, you can see how those little guards like Caruso can get all over him and make it difficult on him. Bradley Beals is kind of out in the distance. You don't even know really what you're going to get from him yet. But it's just you don't count on him as to be so physical. I know getting into the lane, he can definitely do that. Tonight he tried to, didn't get a lot of foul calls. But yeah. you just don't you don't think about it, and it's just like a Kogi and Goodwin. Those are your two like dogs, right? Those are the two mm-hmm. guys that you want, you know, in the game to try to hold a lead and try to maybe extend the lead by forcing turnovers, getting some runs. But it's just even those guys just kind of like they're not like I was gonna ask you like when you see Caruso, it's just like damn, I wish I had Caruso instead of those guys. You know what I mean? Because he's just such a difference maker. It does still scare me though. Does it scare you? I I know they're not fully healthy right now, but. We've always Shaq always called us soft with DA. Yeah. We're just still like the soft team kind of. And it's just, it kind of sucks. See, I actually think there was somewhat of an evolution through the game because they realized how it was being officiated in the first half. Because Caruso and Javon Carter, former Phoenix Suns, you have those guys who are dogs on defense and who, from a positioning standpoint, they're going to continue to push and push and push until the whistle blows. It's kind of like a pitcher in baseball who's got a slider and he's going to keep peppering that outside corner and go a little bit further out each time until it's called a ball. So he's a good understanding of how the umpire is going to call it. And that's what you get when you play against a team like Chicago, that good, bad, or indifferent. God, I always fucking say that good, bad, or indifferent. I got to stop saying <laughs> you know, that. I heard that last part. I was like, do you really say that all the time? I think somebody, Somebody said it in like a chat. They're like, hey, I will oh. have to wait 58 minutes until Voida said good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, or well, at least it makes sense. It's not the two as well that I say three times a <laughs> <laughs> But I, But I think when you're playing 
a, a team like the Bulls that doesn't have really a lot of offensive firepower. Zach Levine is somebody who can fill it up. Uh, DeMar DeRozan can fill it up as well. But outside of that, it's a lot of guys who just have to be pesky and have to be a roster of essentially fuck shit up guys. And that's what they're going to do is they're going to continue to push and push and push until the whistle blows. And I feel like that was kind of what Frank Vogel did and took the troops in at halftime and said, listen, we have to match their physicality. We have to, on the defensive end, they're swiping at everything. We got to swipe to until we get the whistle blown on us. So uh, from an offensive standpoint, yes, I believe that we are a finesse team. When you have Kevin Durant, he's pure finesse. He's not power. Bradley Beal can be power given his size, but he's finesse as well. And then Nurkic on the interior can be physical, but doesn't always play as physical, at least in our short time frame of watching him play here in Phoenix. He doesn't have that continual physical presence because he lacks the athleticism to do so. But what I appreciated is the fact that the Phoenix Suns decided, you know what, we are going to be physical on defense. And you saw that in the last two minutes of the game, especially how they were swiping and they were causing disruption and they were causing turnovers of their own. Unfortunately for Phoenix, they didn't have the same efficiency on the other end of the court by scoring after turnovers like the Chicago Bulls ultimately did. No, and I think you're kind of working some guys into the lineup like KBD, who is definitely one of our better defenders yeah. and can be physical at times, but he's kind of gaining confidence in that way. It's like a Kogi and Goodwin just hit and miss. Like I feel like we're going to have those games where Kogi and Goodwin together just dominate a game, and you're going to be like, oh, those two guys, they changed the game. They won the game for us. But it's not a consistent thing on with the Suns team. I think Booker, he – from what I've seen, he's been fairly physical. But then when I do say that, I think about, you know, the injuries. Then I'm yeah. like, you know, don't be too physical. KD, don't be too physical. Like, hit his knee today. Went to the scores table. He's like, oh, I'm good. He'll probably be out next game. Yeah, that's what I think about in my head. Like, I'm just like, of course, I always say that too. I say, yeah. I always think about that in my head. It's like, where else do you think about it, Matthew? That's that so, doesn't make any sense. That's one of my observations. People ever say that. So I don't want them to be too physical, right? <laughs> leave it up to Nurkic, who's been durable so far, and leave it up to the other guys. I think once they figure out the rotations and then they stop turning the ball over so much, I think the defense and the physicality, it'll kind of get there because they need to be that team out west. They can't be all frail and just like you know, just kind of weak in, in those areas. Otherwise, they're going to get walked all over again in the playoffs. And that's why a game like this is so key because it's kind of a reminder like, hey, physicality can win basketball games, and physicality is what ultimately won this game, in my opinion. Uh, what won this game also, in my opinion, was a combination of things. And they were both things that came from the, the DeAndre Ayton trade. Who do you want to start with, Nurkic or Grayson Allen? Grayson Allen. Okay, we'll do the Grayson Allen drop then if I can find it. There it is. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. He was fucking shit up tonight from beyond the arc, hitting eight out of 13 attempts, scoring 26 points, a team high. 26 points, eight rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block, only one turnover from him. It wasn't Grayson Allen who was fucking shit up on the uh, by by handing the ball to the Chicago Bulls. An absolutely fantastic performance and truly a, a 
an early season revelation, Matthew. He's he's coming into this game 47.2% from beyond the arc this season. Four games with this game with at least three three-pointers made in a game. An absolutely stellar performance. And, of course, it happens in Chicago. And when I do the subreddit stakeout, I'll tell you this. The Chicago Bulls fans do not like Grayson Allen due to the foul that he had on Alex Caruso last year that broke Alex Caruso's wrist, and they let it be known in the subreddit stakeout, which we'll talk about later. Give me your thoughts on Grayson Allen, and I got to give a shout-out to Blaze Megatron in the chat. He says, the gray sun was really nice tonight. That's a good I love one. that. And I love that he is gray. He just owns it, right? I think, um, you know, he fed off of that. He, I was listening or I was watching the game. I was streaming it on my computer and it was from the Bulls broadcast. So they did all okay. the intros and you heard Grayson Allen. You heard like the boo birds. It was like, boo, like the loudest. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, starting. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah. So he feeds off of that. I'm not saying like he went crazy hot because of that, but he loves that. He loves the, the fact that he's hated so much. You can just see it on his face. He is just absolutely going nuts this early, the early part of the season, except for the first few games where, like Eddie Yee says, sorry, I called Grayson <laughs> Allen Landry. Like I did earlier in the season too. Like we thought he was like kind of that guy where he's going to come in and just not be confident and look for his shots. I thought he should have shot the ball, the ball even more tonight. I think at, at the very end, in. at the very end. Yeah. yeah he was passing. Yeah, up he should have. And there was, um, there was some, he passed up on. And I think that, um, him doing that, I was like really shocked because out of every player on the team, I feel like he has the most confidence in himself to do what he wants to do on the court in limited ways, right? I mean, we've seen the dunks. Those dunks are kind of insane. You don't expect them. He had another one, another one today on the fast break, but he's quicker than we think. He gets off those threes, and he needs the heat check threes, dude. So yes. next time, next game when he's this way, just break the Suns record. What is it? Is it eight threes a game? It's nine. It's nine. I think it's yeah, done you got to break that record times. next time. Yeah, he's, he's got to go for it. I mean, this was a reminder of how open not just Grayson Allen, but other players will be when Booker's back there, too, because he had multiple early open shots due to the sheer gravity of Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal now being out there. And he's not afraid to knock him down, and he has the ability to do so. And again, like I said, before this game, 47.2% from beyond the arc. In this game, 8 of 13. Listen, I'm no math whiz, but 8 out of 13 <laughs> is 61.5%. So it's going to go up. And it's it's a revelation. Like I said earlier, it's uh, something that we expected was a Grayson Allen um, uh, contributions from beyond the arc, but not at this clip. And obviously it's not sustainable, but it's definitely something that when you look at the the, the totality of what the DeAndre Ayton trade was, this is why you make that trade is because you're not just getting back one player. You're getting back multiple players. And in this case, two starters for the price of one. And both were, were very vital cogs in the victory that occurred tonight. Uh, the other one, obviously being your boy Nurk Nern. Cause you, cause your buddy didn't hear the K he had an N whatever. Nurkic watch. So Yusuf Nurkic in this game, 38 minutes played, 8 of 15 from the field, 20 points for Big Nurk. He also had 16 fucking rebounds, Matthew. Eight assists, two, two shy of a triple-double, two steals, 
Uh, he did have six turnovers in this game. Thoughts on Big Nurk tonight, man. Before Nurk, you get into like Nurk the, the Dirk. Nurk the Dirk, that Dirk shot, right? That was that was like the cherry on the Sunday. That, that really a, was. That was a it big was shot. Winner, but that was a nice looking shot. I mean, he did hit the game winner, which is crazy. Nephew yeah. Hayden, shout out, texting me. I never thought I would say that, right? That Nurk <laughs> hit a game winner for the Phoenix Suns ever in my lifetime. Um, but he as had as the Valley Oop. Almost. Almost as he's almost there. We're almost building that statue for Nurk. I I would build it. I think he's better than DeAndre right now. The turnovers, though, I just want to talk about. So the turnovers, I kind of feel bad for him sometimes because he gets yelled at so much by KD still. But I love how they keep going back to it. I love how they are just fighting during the game, kind of like, I don't know where you're going. You're going this way. You're going that way. I don't know where to place the ball. Of course, you got to throw it up. But it's like um, every time they go to the timeout, I'm like, dude, like they're like kind of jawing at each other. And that's fine because they go straight back to it. They're like back the next play. They're doing the pick and roll. He's playing point dirt Nurk. Now I'm going to call him Dirk all the time. Point Nurk all the time. So, Dirkich. Yeah, Dirkich, dude. Yeah, John, uh, John Tran in the chat. Dirkich. I love it. There's so many play on words with his name, the, isn't there? The, the Fabio, the Nurk Witzke. <laughs> it's endless. These are Keep great. it going, Jams. <laughs> but it started at the beginning of the game like the first quarter i mean the first part of the first quarter he uh looked really good man i mean he had three straight basic like wide open shots towards the rim Mm -hmm. um him beal and and kevin durant look so good together yes i don't think those guys i don't think him and katie were ever that open the first part of the season yet like just like that like i but what nerf can do now as a point guard for this team and when, you know, I was going to say when uh, Booker fills in for Grayson Allen, but Grayson Allen does the best Booker impression tonight. When that happens, like, it's going to be very, very unstoppable. And you saw a glimpse of it in the first first part of the first quarter because Beal did get too tired, right? So you kind of saw yeah. a really good glimpse of it. He was it. sucking wind. He really was. And then it got a little too physical in the game for the mm-hmm. Suns. And then it was just, you know, kind of downhill. Luckily, they got the win. But I, I just love – this is the best – game i feel like nurk has had so far right like this is this is apex nurk i think for sure <laughs> apex nurk uh yeah i mean you take a look at what he's done thus far this season prior to tonight his uh, highest point total was in the season opener against the golden state warriors where he had 14 points so he scored 20 tonight uh as el sol says in the chat dominer uh, he was he was obviously very vital, as you mentioned, with KD and with uh, Beal out there tonight. Nurk is the one who benefited, and he took advantage of it. And he played against, you know, Nikola Vucevic. Is he the poor man's Dirk? I mean, Nurk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're almost like the Spider-Man meme, though, looking at yeah. each other. Because he had some good plays on Nurk too, but Nurk is like the better version of him, except on the drives. I feel like. Vucevic can drive. Yes. He has a little bit more athleticism on the drives. But when I saw this matchup, I go, oh, this is like the ideal matchup for Nurk because that's the challenge. <laughs> Sarah Tran in the chat, Jerkic. <laughs> just Jerkic. It's so good. The shit writes itself. We this love you, the the pod. This is it. Here you go. Look at this one from Eddie Yee. Nurklear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> These are fucking fantastic. Oh, I love you guys. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Beginning of the game, um, he... <laughs> Just I can't Just yeah, uh, right. but but he but he was 
like when you saw this matchup, you knew it was going to be a great matchup because he was playing the mirror image of himself. When you're playing against Anthony Davis or those athletic bigs, you know he's going to suffer. When he's playing slow-mo, guys, you know he has a chance to really be effective because he, too, is slow-mo. If like I'm really excited for when we play the Pelicans because I feel like Jonas Valanciunas and him, it's going to be like two atoms split and it's just going to be like a nuclear bomb. And whoever like is left standing wins the game because they're both just like big, physical, slow ass dudes, in my opinion, from the outside looking in. So when you see that as an as the matchup, you go, OK, this is an opportunity for him to to be effective and, and effective. He was I mean, Vucevic was 11 of 18 from the field for 26 points and six rebounds. But it was Nurkic who was getting the rebounds. It's Nurkic who had 16 rebounds, nine defensive, seven offensive rebounds. And that's what's valuable, and that's what you need from him. We just need solid rebounding, so KD doesn't have to be in there every night getting boards or providing help on the boards. So a, a fantastic game, in my opinion, from Nurkic. And again, like you mentioned, the game winner, uh, and he did get raked up and down his face, the back, the front. His whole yes. dome is just gonna he's gonna he's gonna look like uh, I don't know, like Deadpool, which just like scratches everywhere. Uh, when he takes when when he when he takes off the mask and he's got that this like acne face like that's Nurkic when he's flying like the moon face yeah I don't know yeah yeah yes. I mean he just he he was beat up tonight they weren't calling a lot of stuff and that it goes both ways they weren't calling a lot of stuff on what Phoenix was doing on the interior at times in this game as well so I'm, I'm absolutely not complaining about uh, the officiating this in this game but I will say that Nurkic, uh, he got beat up a little bit and he survived. It. And that's what I'm talking about a little bit when it comes to physicality. He added a, an element of physicality that was much needed for the Phoenix Suns to win this game. Yeah. And I still think he's like the, to me, he's the most exciting to really, the guy that you want to see unfold the most this season, like to look forward to like, how is he going to really play out this season? I think you kind of know how the other guys are. But how is he going to fit? Like the last interview he had, like that I saw, it was I think two games ago after a loss. They um they talked to him and he was just saying like you know I'm trying my best you know I'm trying to fit in and stuff like that. I was kind of scared of the comments, kind of like thinking like oh is he kind of frustrated or something? But he really is trying to find his way. So it's going to be kind of exciting to see how he unfolds and if he can have more consistent games like this because I feel like he can. It has to be kind of the right matchup. Yes. But like when you have those other three guys it doesn't matter who he's kind of being guarded against. Like he'll have some pretty decent games like this. Not as good with the rebounds maybe, but it's going to statistically, it's going to look pretty solid. He's going to be, again, it, it comes back to the word fit. He's going to be the right fit when this roster is completely healthy, at least from a starting five standpoint, because he's going to be allowed to do a lot of the things that he did tonight. I mean, again, he had eight assists in this game, uh, which was second most on the team behind Kevin Durant, who we'll talk about here in a bit. But that's that's huge, and that's where he can be effective. We know what he what's going to happen on the defensive end is he will be targeted, high pick and roll to pull him away from the interior because he's effective on the interior as a rebounder uh, and as a potential shot deter slash shot blocker. So you pull him out, then you blow by him, and that's going to be what's what's going to frustrate the shit out of us from a defensive standpoint throughout the season, and especially come playoff time. From an offensive standpoint, when he's got those guys around him, he can really, due to his high basketball IQ, dissect. And we saw a lot of that tonight. And a lot of it, if you go back, it'll be interesting to go back and watch the six turnovers that Nurkic had. I bet you three of them are purely because of lack of correct positioning by his fellow teammates and or the fact that they just haven't learned their spacing yet. 
it's eight games into the season plus, you know, what, five uh, preseason games where they all played like a quarter and then a half. They're still learning each other's spots. They're still learning when and how to cut. I mean, you see it multiple times. Kevin Durant's obviously had a bunch of turnovers this year. And part of those turnovers is from when somebody will, is, will just start cutting. And he's like, dude, like, hold on just one more second. I don't need you to cut because he's throwing it to where the guy was and he takes off cutting. So much more to come on Nurkic. You know, enjoy tonight, Jamsters, because this is a positive Nurkic game. They'll come back on and play against the Lakers on Friday. Anthony Davis will play, even though he's been out. Uh, I know because he's on my fantasy team. And, and, Davis will cook him and we'll be like, Nurkic, Nurkic fucking sucks. You know, so enjoy it tonight because he doesn't suck tonight. She said you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley. Boom, boom. You finally see Bradley Beal in a Suns jersey tonight on a minutes restriction, only plays 24 minutes, scores 13 points, has four assists, has four rebounds, couple blocks as well. Shot three of 12 from the field, Matthew. Initial thoughts on Bradley Beal, the newest number three in Phoenix Suns franchise history. Sucked. No, I'm just kidding. It was fine. I mean, I didn't expect too much. I mean, did you? I just, I kind of, the game he played tonight is exactly what I thought, Mm -hmm. how it would unfold. Rusty. Um, Yeah, definitely very rusty. Trying to find his way. I mean, it's better to do this now. I'm not talking about the injuries. I'm just trying to talk about like just them trying to find each other, like you said before, on the court and just really trying to make sense of their offense. Him trying to fit in and do what he does, we don't know what it is really yet. I know he's taking these these possessions where he's just playing ISO, trying to get to the rim. Looks pretty good, not really getting any calls. Hitting two wide-open threes to start the game. That was just like, okay, him and KD, just that wide open to the lane or even from three, it's insane to see that. But it was also the Bulls' defense not really playing up to their expectations, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how much I buy into – the Bulls defense and all that bullshit. But I just think that Bradley Beal really just gave it his all in the first six minutes about. And then after that, I don't know. It just seemed kind of like he was just trying to get his feet underneath him. So after the first quarter, I'm like, okay, that was good. I like that. It wasn't anything crazy. I mean, but what did you think? It did. It was nice to see a number three on this team that's like athletic and moving around and disrupting. Cause obviously we have had Chris Paul for the last three years and he's just a lot more slow and a lot more methodical. Uh, Blaze Megatron says great to see Bill play, but he did look pissed off quite a bit on the bench frustration. I think that's what I it didn't. was. He was for, Oh, they were, they, they cut to him a couple times on the sun's broadcast and to he himself, was right. Yeah. Mad he was himself? pissed at himself. You could tell okay. he was mad at himself because he was missing shots. Uh, his three shots that he did make were all from beyond the arc. He was three of six from beyond the arc, got to the free throw line for the other four points. And he was just, he, he was mad at himself because he has higher expectations for himself and it's okay. What you noticed right off the bat, as we mentioned a little before, before when we talked about, uh, use of new <laughs> jerkiches abilities in this game, it was the spacing that he's going to bring. And you could see that the spacing, that he brought, especially in the very beginning, uh, was something that the Bulls had a hard time with and something that a lot of teams are going to have a hard time with. And if Bull, if Beal can get cooking against the Bulls, this is a completely different game. And it's like Fabio says, looked good in the first quarter, kind of struggled after, probably wasn't, wasn't ready to play a lot of minutes. And that's where Rust comes in. It's going to take a few games for him to get his sea legs under him, essentially. Uh, but he is somebody who has the ability to pour it in. And like I can't wait. 25 games from now when like Bradley Beal goes for 45 points one night 
and there's Booker and Durant on the on the sideline just laughing because they're not out there playing because they're smoking somebody because he has that ability. You're not going to get that in game one, and it's it makes it that much harder that you're playing a Chicago team that is pesky and is physical and is is and tries their ass off on defense because they were trying their ass off on him and he wasn't finding any openings tonight. But I'm not in any way, shape, or form concerned. I'm fucking ecstatic that he's just out there playing. Uh, the, like I said, spacing was ridiculous. When you take the, into the, uh, account that the Bulls mucked up the game with physical play, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, and he's going to get so many wide-open shots, but I'm really interested to see like the whole point guard situation. I think we saw that. Like, you know, It's going to be more Booker. To me, like yeah. even tonight's game, I know it's Beal's first game back, but he just looks like the two guard. You know, he just 100%. definitely does. My voice cracks there. Yeah, he definitely does. Like, he just he looks like he's just ready for the open shot. We'll take a guy off the dribble if he needs to, but Book just needs to run that offense. Yeah. So I mean, this Friday, I, I was going to ask you too. Do you think Beal will be out this next game? Do you think he'll like sit this game out, come not. back Sunday? I'm just because I feel like if it was a back to back. Here's yeah, here's the but, reason I tell I'd say no. Um, this is a tournament game, if you will. Oh, uh, yes. So yeah. I think that, you know, Frank Vogel after, uh, I think it was after the Detroit game, he was talking about how he's like, he, he we should be 7-0. Like, we, we should be winning all the time. And I think that that competitive nature that he has as a head coach, coupled with the fact that Matt Ishbia said, like, we want to win the NBA Cup, uh, I think that they're going to go out there. And because it's a tournament game, it's going to be the debut of the El Valle jerseys and and court uh combined with the the interesting court that the nba is going to roll out for tournament games here in phoenix i think he'll be out there for that i think if there is any rest that needs to occur after a couple of games of getting out there it happens um on was it sunday is when they play again is that okc yeah sunday okc here yeah, yeah. I need to put. I need Here to put in Phoenix. That's right. I need to put you in for that game, right? That's the one you want to go to. If I can, I mean, I I feel like the way the Suns are playing, and obviously with these guys coming back, and every time they play anybody here in Phoenix, it's going to be a hard game to get to. That's what I think, right? Yeah, I hear. Especially you. OKC, I, like who's not going to want to go see Chet Holgram and uh, SGA? <laughs> yeah, but what about Poku? Is he still that's, on the team? I don't know. That's that's why everyone <laughs> shows up. Uh, but I think you're that you're right. When Devin Booker does return, which potentially could happen on Friday against the Lakers, he is the primary playmaker. He is the person who's going to facilitate, and Beal will be more the two guard. You look at you know Devin Booker. Obviously, he's only played in two games this season, but he's averaging ten and a half assists. Right? He's averaging thirty one point <laughs> yeah. five points yeah. and ten and a half assists in two games played. So like he's not only a great scorer, but he's also going to be a primary distributor, and that's where Beal will cook is off of those open passes that Devin Booker is going to provide due to the fact that Katie's over here and the, the defense is kind of like, okay, we got to pick our poison here. It's we're going to see some great Bradley Beal games because he does have that two guard mentality and he's going to be the one who ultimately uh, benefits from the playmaking that Devin Booker will provide a guy that uh, got to starting in tonight. And I'll take a little bit of a victory lap because I really thought that this is what they should have done to begin the season. And he's been, Proven Frank Vogel White right in the last three games. You're down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. You're down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with KBD? Thirty-one minutes played, only seven points, but he had three assists. He had five rebounds. He had one steal. He had three blocks in this game. And I'm telling you, 
I like him in the starting lineup. It's what I was saying all summer is he could be somebody who's a great starting lineup guy because of his length. Josh Akogi has the hustle, but KBD has the physical deliverables. And you combine that with the fact that Josh Akogi entering this game is 26.7% from beyond the arc. He's kind of come back down to earth to where he was prior to joining <laughs> the Phoenix Suns from beyond the arc. It's like, KBD is going to be able to give you the defense uh, on the perimeter. He's going to be able to score a little bit here and there. I mean, again, tonight he had the seven points, but he hit two threes, including a big three when the team's down four points in overtime. I mean, Nurkic doesn't get the game-winning shot if if KBD doesn't hit that three-pointer. So Josh Okogie, who's kind of come down a little bit back to earth, I think that KBD is a perfect compliment. He's not somebody who is going to need to do a lot offensively like J.O., but he can do things offensively. And you look at it, final play of the game, DeMar DeRozan wants to take a midi because that's what he does, and they attack KBD, and KBD deters the shot enough, makes DeRozan have to hop further away from the basket than closer, and due to his length, can disrupt the shot ever so slightly, which ultimately results in a missed shot by DeMar DeRozan and a victory for the Phoenix Suns. Every time he took a corner three, I wanted it. I thought it looked good. I didn't care how many he missed. What was he? He was uh, two for four. So he hit a big one towards the end of the game. That was huge. But every time he shoots that shot, I, I want it. I want it to be put up. And he's very confident in it. Like, he just definitely feels good on the court. He's like, pass the ball around to me. I don't care. This guy's coming at me. I'm going to launch a shot. And he's, he's feeling it, man. He's really feeling out there offensively. But defensively, like... Did you even really notice DeMar is on the other team as much? Like, I know he had 22.7 assists. Mm-hmm. He put up decent numbers. But, like, he can really just – he can play that lengthy defense like you want now. And he's really filling in that spot. So, he basically took over a Kogi spot, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine because I don't mind seeing a Kogi and Goodwin coming off the bench with another guard like Eric Gordon or, you know, or – um um wow, Grayson Allen, one of those two. You know what I mean? I like yeah. that kind of, like, staggering it that way. That looks good. KBD in the starting lineup looks really good. I think once they all come together, he's finally found a spot. I wonder if Vogel already knew that all along, and he was just kind of riding Okogi because Okogi was hot, right? He was like our best player there for a little bit, mm-hmm. really just like doing what he needed to do to help the Suns win the few games that they won. But you just can see that KBD's that guy right now. I, I, I absolutely love his game. It wasn't there in the beginning, but it's here now. And every it- time he's on the court, there's two guys I trust, him and Grayson Allen. It, it wasn't it wasn't there. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. It wasn't there in the preseason, but he was primarily playing with backups. You slot him into that starting role where he can really be the fifth offensive option, a guy who has length on defense and can guard the perimeter, which is what this team needed. They needed perimeter defense. Josh Okogi is a great on-ball defender and has the ability to go and clean up the boards. But KBD is a great perimeter defender and he completely he can be a good interior defender. Obviously, he had those three blocks, a lot of them with DeMar DeRozan driving right at him and him just stuffing him. Okay, so I think that uh, like you said, I can count on Grayson Allen, obviously, because he's shooting like 55% from beyond the arc. Uh, from you know, it's just that's ridiculous. So to say that you can count on him is like, yeah, but KBD, you can also count on him on both sides of the floor, I feel because you have to. Unfortunately, what it has a byproduct of all this is it has disrupted the flow in the game, I feel like, of Josh Akogi because we haven't seen great Akogi games in the three games in which he's coming off the bench. He almost has to 
reacclimate himself to the bench. And this is something that we saw last year in the postseason when Monty Williams chose after all that time starting Josh Kogi, once the playoffs started, he's like, you know what, Josh Kogi, you're going to go to the bench. And Josh Kogi went to the bench and he played horribly throughout the entire playoff run. This guy who, uh, and, and and there's reasons for that, right? Because if you go to the bench, somebody like an Akogi or somebody like KBD, there's more onus on them to perform because they become, instead of being the fifth guy on offense, they're bumped up to like the third guy, right? You know, it's going to go in this theory. It, it would be if everything's correct. Uh, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, then probably J.O., and then Jay Goodwin, and then Drew Eubanks, or maybe Eubanks pops up to three or some hierarchy like that. There's an adjustment period and, again, an unfamiliarity with our second team unit to where he doesn't necessarily know how to perform. Now, that being said, seven points tonight for J.O. He did have 18 minutes played. He was 3-6 from the field. He only had two rebounds. He did have one steal, but he was a team worth negative 18 in the plus-minus. So that's a that, that's a little bit of a contribution of things. It's a contribution of play, but it's also a com- contribution of the lineups that he was out that weren't scoring points because that's what happens to the Suns in like the second, the third quarters. They just forget how to shoot the fucking ball and put it in the basket. Yeah, he had like the two quick fouls to under Rosen, and I think he kind of got like underneath his skin a little bit with the refs. Like he was kind of really focused on that. And I don't know if like that's a thing where he's trying to prove himself like, hey, I can still guard the best guy on the court me back in the starting lineup because I don't think he really cares too much. He knows he's a bench player, right? And the little run and stint he had earlier mm-hmm. in the season is probably all he's going to get unless there's injuries. I always like to coke in the starting lineup, but when you have KBD, which I didn't even know what he was going to look like in the starting lineup, when he looks just this good and I can trust him just body language wise and him just being out there and being kind of the hustle guy that the ugly stat line, but you know he did a lot more. Like that's KBD. Mm-hmm. Kogi's the same way, but when he has like bad and off games, you just notice it so much more. It's almost like it hurts your team a little bit more than what KBD would do if he doesn't have that good game. And we kind of saw that tonight. Like it wasn't a terrible game by a Kogi, by a Kogi but we're just so used to him making big plays and yes. really changing the course of the game. Yes. Where when he doesn't do that, it's like, oh, where's he? Yeah, he fell off. It's like his stats look okay. Played 18 minutes, which is probably a good amount of minutes for him in every game that he plays this year. He should average that. Um, but him playing next to like a Grayson Allen or even Eric Gordon, that looks good to me. Um, I think they need to really stick with that. So I completely agree. I think that the identity of that second team unit can be one that when everything's right. And we know that when we say when everything's right, that's like five games out of the season. It never happens. No one's ever always (laughs) healthy. It's like this bad juju I have at work. Whenever I'm fully staffed, I'm afraid to say it out loud. Because when I do say it out loud, like that next day, somebody comes in, it's like, John, I'm quitting or somebody no call, no shows and just stops showing up to work. That's what I get for saying it. So in a perfect world, that second team unit is just as we mentioned, it's Jordan Goodwin and Josh Akogi. So you have your defensive guys. You got Grayson Allen, who can obviously play some defense and be physical, but is clearly a great shooter. Eric Gordon, who's a great shooter. And then Drew Eubanks who's on the interior. Like that's the perfect second team unit in my humble opinion. What I do like about KBD being in that starting lineup is it adds length and it adds, as I was mentioned at the front end of this podcast, this team needs to have that balance between physicality and finesse. And KBD gives you a little bit of both. The length, uh, he's a much more versatile player that gives you physicality and can give you a little bit of finesse. So I like the move that Frank Vogel has done. Uh, Obviously, since he's done it, the team has gone two and one and their only loss was at 
the Philadelphia to the team that beat the Boston Celtics today and now is the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, so you can take that. But against two shit teams, let's let's call a spade a spade. The Pistons are not a great team. Uh, uh, the Chicago Bulls are a gritty team, but they're not a great team. They, I would call them a shit team, if you will. Forgive me, <laughs> all to all my Bulls fans who are watching right now, because we know that they're flooding the chat. <laughs> just throw uh, it out there. Shit I'm just, just throwing it out there. Just somebody, somebody will snip that. Like, look what they're saying about you in the valley. You won by <laughs> one point. A shit team. Just a, they try so hard. Yeah, you shit team. Yeah, yeah, just a shit team. Uh, but they're a team that I, I just don't see doing much in the long term relative to performance or expectations. And I don't think you know that's so weird. Isn't what, it weird though? Yeah, because you got DeRozan, you got Levine. Like they just—they're the from, same. It's like the Raptors. Team. It's like they have names, but they just can't. They—they're not. I guess they're not like the superstars or stars you would want. They would really be a great team. team in like 05. like when the Pistons yeah. were were really good in those defensive. Like this is a team designed for that because you got a guy who could pop off in Levine, you know, who's kind of like their Chauncey Billups slash Rip Hamilton. And then you got a bunch of just like but then physical makes guys. Play. He makes the Booker got, plays of year three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're you're definitely right. So, uh, but that being said, we'll see what happens and how Frank Vogel approaches the KBD slash Akogi situation when we play against the Lakers, another team that's kind of big. And I can definitely see him trying to uh, keep the rhythm going and fortify the decision that he made and fortify the confidence that you're seeing in KBD. Anything else that you got on KBD, Matthew? No, I love the guy. From Indiana University, number 23, Air Gordon. So something that's interesting, I, I wrote a piece for brightsideofthesun.com. If you get a chance and you like to read, if you ever poop and you want something to read, go to brightsideofthesun.com. Great content we're cranking out over there. Uh, but I wrote a piece called A Tale of Two Gordons. And it talks about how thus far this season, when Eric Gordon starts, how great he's been. And when Eric Gordon comes off the bench, how average he's been. And granted, it's a super small sample size. Entering this game, seven games, he started five. He came off the bench in two. But in those games, in the five games in which he started, obviously you're going to get more minutes, but it wasn't a ton more minutes. He had 31.4 minutes, whereas when he comes in off the bench, 27.9. So only about three and a half minutes difference between starter Eric Gordon and bench Eric Gordon. But the production is completely different. 18 points, 4.2 assists, 2.4 rebounds as a starter. As a bench player, eight points, one assist, two and a half rebounds. His shooting completely different. You know, his three-point shooting as a starter, 39.4%. As a bench player, 27.3%. And tonight, with Bradley Beal making his debut, we got Bench Gordon. And Bench Gordon tonight was one of nine from the field. He scored two points in 25 minutes played. I mean, Gordon's going to give you the minutes. What's the why, Matthew? Why is, why is Eric Gordon, when he's starting, so much more effective early in the season? Again, small sample size, but so much more effective than Bench Gordon. You think it's just a chaos off the bench? 
that kind of just confuses him and makes him fluster. He just seems like such an analytical dude and kind of like, you know, everything just needs to be pristine and perfect and just make sure that like, you know, you come over to his place and it just has to be spotless, leave your shoes at the door kind of guy. Like I think he can kind of get a little flustered and frustrated on the court, especially coming off the bench and he's playing with Yuta. And I don't know if we're going to talk about him tonight. Oh, we will. That might play into his, like his headspace a little bit. Um, but I don't know what it is. I just think that Gordon's just like, you know, I'm going to get the same amount of minutes basically. And the volume is always going to be there. Make or miss. I'm going to be launching these shots. Grayson oh, yeah. Allen's hot. I don't give a fuck. I'm still wide open. So I don't think it's like a spacing thing either. He still has the space because he's so far from behind the three. We all yeah, know he's that. Lim- he's limitless on his space. Yeah, he really is. But he's going to launch them. He's going to launch any kind of shot he has his hands on. He doesn't care. And I, I sometimes hate that. But then sometimes it happens. And it's just like, oh, oh, well, like it just it doesn't bother me yet. I think tonight if we were to lose. Be like, Eric Gordon, can you please pass the ball a little bit more? But and we got well, the win. So it just doesn't. Does it bother you? It's like Jones and says in the chat, he says, Eric Gordon hits any of his wide ass open three tonight. We win in regulation. He was oh of eight from beyond the arc. So, yeah, there's some validity to that. So you take like Eric Gordon's poor shooting performance coupled with the turnovers. Uh, 22, as I mentioned earlier, three of those came from Eric Gordon and, and I'm not bothered with it. It's just, it's an interesting observation. It's like when this guy starts, he's fucking lights out when he's coming off the bench, like the lights won't turn on. And it's funny. It's, it's the, the difference between like you go over to a guy's house and the guy is super clean. Like you said, he's organized and, and everything looks great. And that's Eric Gordon when he starts, but like when he doesn't start, he's the roommate who comes out and he's like scratching his nuts and all the, every single dish that's in the, the sink is from him. And it's just like, it's like, is there a level of like, I don't give a fuck. No, obviously there's not. Is there a difference of in confidence? I think there's a difference in aggressiveness. I think that's what, what I've noticed is when I see him starting, he kind of feels like, well, I'm starting because they need me to start due to injury. So I have to have a, a high impact on this game. So he's forcing the issue. He's getting downhill. He's going towards the basket, not necessarily drawing the contact and get to the free throw line, but he's putting pressure on the defense. And then he is hitting those shots. When you take a look at him, when he's coming off the bench, you see less aggressiveness. You see more of him just hanging back and just chucking threes. They go in great if they don't. Oh, well, but unfortunately, you know, again, prior to this game, he came in shooting three of 11 from beyond the arc as a bench player, it is now three of 19. So again, I'm no math wizard, but three of 19 from the field comes out to roughly 15.8%. And that's not what you want to see from Eric Gordon, because again, if we have that consistent offensive force, when KD sits and when Beal sits and when Booker's back and he sits, this team's unstoppable. But as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you look at the splits and in the second quarter, the Suns only score 21 points. After scoring 36 in the first, they score 31 in the third. They score 19 in the fourth. A big part of that is because Kevin Durant is sitting. And Eric Gordon can pick up that offensive slack when he's coming off the bench, and he just isn't at this point. And that's just and yeah, the turnovers too. I just he's yeah. like in the flow of the game. I know he gets his shots off, but like if they're on runs and stuff, he just seems like a runs kind of guy. So I don't know. That's that's really difficult to look into that. Like, hey, were they on this like six or seven point run, and then he can hit these threes? That's hard to look into, obviously. But he seems like just a flow of the game. Like when we're missing and we look bad and we're turning it over, if I feel like he's just gonna miss a shot. If we're all flowing and we're grooving over there, then he kind of just can feel yeah. the stat sheet. 
He does. He absolutely does. So just, again, nothing of major concern, Jamsters, but something to watch. Another thing to watch. Utah. The. Shoot! All right. You do the shoot. I don't like his green shoes, Matthew. I said it. I didn't even notice. I didn't notice. I notice every time. I like, never notice these shoes. fucking Grinch shoes. Shoes. Why is were why they is KDs he... or no? I had, no, they weren't KDs. Okay, but they were just green shoes. <laughs> he's getting he's getting plenty of play. He has the physical deliverables. It appears that Frank Vogel wants him to succeed on the defensive end, and that's why he's getting so much play. But I love what Eddie Johnson said about him on the broadcast. He says, you don't want Tanabe is in a hurry to leave a spot. And that's a big challenge with what he is. He's, he's not patient out there. He's always trying to be moving. And it's okay. You, you got to move. But at the same time, like, don't, don't move yourself out of position. That's a challenge. Yeah, uh, he has the old uh, ants in the pants. It looks like that's what he has. Yeah, um, Offensively, uh, you know, he's opposite of KBD right now. I don't trust him at all to have the ball. If he's trying to make the make a move, make a pass or anything like that, it's just it ends up like in a turnover or just, you know, a complete like just disaster. Like he had a they had like a little three man game going on the left side of the hoop where he had a good pass. I think it was I forget who it was underneath the hoop. He hit him in the chest. It's probably a layup, but he hits him in the foot, and it's yeah. just like, damn, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? So when he goes across the lane, it doesn't look good. He's just too antsy with it. And I think that um his shots still look kind of good. There's a few, though, when he releases, I'm like, that's not good. It's mm-hmm. almost like they're just too forced in a way. He's not comfortable. The one he made, of course, as he, as he was shooting at dancers, I swear I was doing this. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. You can kind of tell with him. Um, So he needs to settle down. He had that one where it's just like the net didn't even move. It was yeah, so that was, pure. And I think it was over Caruso, too. It yeah. Just, yeah, it was a perfect shot. And if he's doing anything else though with the ball, even bringing it up court, it's just it's a little weird to watch. It just does not. It makes my like, you know, I, like my blood boil in a way. It just, doesn't I'm just flow. Like, oh, okay. Give the it, ball up. It doesn't flow. So again, another thing to watch. He's definitely getting the play. You know, in this game, 18 minutes, two of five from the field, all that from beyond the arc, six points, four rebounds, but he had the three turnovers. And like, Yuta, you can't be the guy who's getting all those turnovers. You can't be. It was that one pass that led to a fucking, uh, was it was it Vucevic fast break? Or no, it was Andre Drummond fast break dunk i'm like are you kidding me it's because it's just a lazy pass from yuda out at the yes. top or, yeah. you know yeah. that that was a yuda pass he's just like yeah fuck it and he's like hey by the way andre drummond i'm throwing it to him now and andre was like sweet i've had a fast break dunk since i know 2000 I to 2000 2012 so <laughs> uh before we get into subreddit stakeout drew d'angelo is hanging out in the chat he says voider lissy do either of you want to join me for the lakers game on friday with the extra ticket that i get drew our canadian buddy We'll hit you up in the DMs. I saw you DM me. I know that I'm waiting to hear whether or not I get coverage from Brightside so I can go cover the game. If not, maybe Matthew, you can make it to the game. We'll talk. John goes to the game, then I'm stuck doing the pod. So I don't know. We'll figure it out, though. We'll figure it out, though. Hey, we appreciate that. Drew's a real one. Drew's definitely a real one. So uh, let's see. Real quick. Jones in $1.99. Bless you guys. Your drops bring me great joy. I appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate that. And hopefully, we have something else that'll bring you some great joy. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout.
I love how I can just watch you putting on the wing and stuff in the corner. <laughs> oh, so I was hanging out with the Bears, the Bulls, the Chicago Boys tonight. Uh, it still says you to want to Nobby. Dang it. That's what I need. Man, when I do that, I, you yeah. got to change it, man. I don't got the time. There it is. Oh, there we go. Oh. oh, there goes my headphones. I can't hear anything anyone's saying. I'm not used to having hair. Not, don't worry. Right. I'm not talking. All right. Perfect. So here's what we what I found in the subreddit stakeout for the Bulls tonight in Chicago. Few things, a lot of things to be said, a lot of great things. Somebody said, uh, nice, if, nice for Beal to make his debut against us tonight. That always happens when somebody makes a debut or they're playing. <laughs> we drafted Nurkic and traded him for freaking McDermott. Did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. If you're at the game, start booing. Leave. Do anything you can in protest, please. And obviously, th this fan base, the Bulls fan base, can't stand DeMar Rosen. There were so many things about how, <laughs> how, how he just is cooked and all this stuff. And uh, DeFrozen, somebody called him. I thought that was a good one. <laughs> DeFrozen. Uh, the experiment is over. Levine and DeMar need to be moved for future assets because it's clear this team, at best, with those two guys, is a treadmill team fighting for play-in spots. That's why I call them a shit team. Because that's a good kind of overview of the Chicago fan base from the words of the Chicago fan base. We look so much better without DeMar. <laughs> this is a great one. That guy in the crowd is with a different woman every game. Really helping <laughs> really helping the sex industry by himself. Do you know what guy it was? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't watch the game. I don't watch Chicago Bulls <laughs> games all the time. I don't know which guy it was. Um, I'd love to have Wantanabe on our bench, somebody said. And then somebody said, I wanted us to pursue him and Struess badly. It feels so good to have a few snipers. So they were calling him a sniper. And we know that he can be a sniper. And uh, I put a uh, – I'm, I'm going to start doing this this year. Is I, I put one comment in the chat. And I said, thoughts on the new Suns jerseys? Because I, I want to know – like no one ever comments on the Suns jerseys. I'm like, God damn it. I want to know what everybody else thinks. <laughs> yeah. Like for the love of Jesus, tell me what you think. And somebody said, they're a nice nod to the classic without being pure throwback. They, were, they look really clean. So thank you, Midwest guys. And then the Grayson Allen talk began, Matthew. And we got some good ones. Keep Grayson the fuck away from Caruso. Uh, Katie wants to be Caruso so badly. I thought that was interesting. Um, I bet Grayson Allen smells like the inside of a shoe. Let's see that. Polish. He looks like polish. <laughs> shoe polish. God, goddamn Allen. Somebody give this dude a hard foul back. Sick of his butt ugly punk bitch constantly cooking us. Uh, I hope he gets a popcorn kernel stuck in his gums. Ted Cruz looking motherfucker. Uh, I hope he steps in a puddle while he has a has mesh tennis shoes on and has to deal with wet socks because of it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the subreddit stakeout. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. There's a lot of other things they were saying. I'm like, that's just not appropriate. Oh, yeah, the way you were going, I'm like, where's this going to go? Yeah, it, <laughs> it went really dark really quick. So uh, one last thing I just want to talk about before we give that the jam star and talk about the next game. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody 
anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever play the game. This is just my uh, quick fanboy comment. I love Kevin Durant so much. Uh, they were throwing doubles at him all night. He was navigating them. I mean, he just looked fantastic as per usual. 7-16, you know, not the most efficient night, but 25 points because he got to the line. Nine assists, eight rebounds, a steal, a block. He also, again, had those six turnovers. So that is kind of the the challenge with Kevin Durant. But, fuck, I love having this guy on this team. Yeah. <laughs> a little, it was a little rough to me. It was. It was kind of to the point where it's like, you know he's going to miss a shot to win the game. Like, you know he's yeah. going to miss all those shots in the fourth quarter. It just it got to that point. Like, it's all right. Like, we've had some really good games already this year. Um, So he just didn't have it tonight. And the turnovers was six. And eh, it just wasn't that good of a game. Wasn't the Sorry, greatest. Man. But I still just love watching him play basketball. Oh, and that's too. just me. Jam star of the game. All right, Matthew, real quick. Uh, I wasn't on the last podcast and I didn't listen to it. Who did you give the jam star to last game? Oh, who did I jam? Who did I give it to? And who did uh, Jay Joyce give it to? Who did we give it to? Jamsters, you know. Let John know because yeah, I have no let, idea. Let me I don't know in the remember. chat who did that or I'll go back. Because, again, I'm tracking these this year. I want to see uh, who got what and when and how. But well, again, KD scored 41, so I'm pretty sure we both chose KD. That makes sense. Let me just yeah. write that in real quick. Jay Joyce said, and for me, thank you again, Jay Joyce, from the He's on Fire podcast for yes, sitting in you. me during the last podcast. I watched part of it, but I didn't watch the other part, and that's just the way it goes when in Warrior Shat <laughs> Upon, though we die, the resistance lives on. Who are you giving it to tonight, Matthew? I'm going to go good old Grayson Allen. You know, hope his uh, socks stay wet and he smells like shoe polish or whatever. I don't remember what they were saying. <laughs> but yeah, dude, what? we don't win anything tonight. We don't win it if he's not draining those threes. Yeah, sure. I, I, like, I really, really want to give it to KBD. I really do. I think that the defense he I had know, at the very right? end of the game, that three, they were vital. But I just, Grayson Allen was fantastic. Eight threes tonight. Eight of 13 from beyond the arc. That's just ridiculous and fantastic simultaneously so appreciate that he gets the nod it's the second time he yet you've given grayson allen the jam star of the game the last time was against the jazz which uh, i wasn't here for that one either so uh the, did, huh? the gray sun you did i'm checking him now i got yeah, him. i got him now he'll be up there yeah so <laughs> so taking a look at what are the, some of the jamsters are saying uh nurkic of course from david ray he got the winning shot. Low Suns gives it to Grayson Allen. Gotta be Allen from John Tran. Jamstar from Fabio. The DeAndre Ayton trade. That's a good answer. Grayson plus Nurk. Great one. Uh, Moses, uh, you shall not pass or whatever. Let my people go. Uh, gives it to Grayson. Grayson from Metal Mike. Ted Cruz from Ed Soul. <laughs> <laughs> Allen is the Jamstar from Lee in the chat. Uh, Grayson Allen, Ted Cruz from El Sol. He, yeah, we know it. Uh, Jones does agree that KBD was big tonight, but uh, Saltiest Gaming gives it to Ted Cruz Jr. and Allen from <laughs> Blaze Megatron. I love the Jamsters, man. I absolutely love them. Can you imagine Grayson Allen seeing Ted Cruz for the first time? Like, fuck, my life is over. He's I just like Spider Man meme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next game, 8 p.m. start on Friday uh, against the Los Angeles Lakers, a in season tournament game. A debut of the El Valle jersey concepts, uniform concepts. Uh, an exciting game for the fact that 
those things are happening. And again, of course, it's against the FAC and Lakers. So uh, let's go ahead and make our predictions. Did you predict the Suns to win this game, Matthew? You know what? I don't even think I did the predictions. You dumb motherfucker. No. All right, so Lakers, who wins? Suns or Lakers? Lakers. Let's do Lakers. I'm joking. I'm going to do Suns for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, just, just so you know, on the season, I am one, two, three, and two, three, and three. Yeah, I didn't think we we're going to do it unless we're with each other. So I'm, that's I'm, unfair, I'm, right? I'm tracking the ones where we are with each other. Okay. Yeah. But I'm tracking. I didn't, even, I didn't do a preview last game. I totally mm-hmm. forgot. We started talking about other stuff. I just forgot. That's just unacceptable. That's just horrible. Programming. <laughs> you have need to help me out. They know I forget things. Like, they, don't don't like, make John mad. Drop. They're like, Matthew, play the KBD drop. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you're, you're like, and that was KBD. Oh, by the way, I'll play the drop. <laughs> I did that twice. It was awesome. <laughs> well, we're both saying Suns on this one because I'm thinking that the Suns will beat the Lakers. There's mm-hmm. something about the Lakers right now. Anthony Davis is questionable. He uh, he hurt himself. He Remember the very beginning of the season? He's like, I've been playing 82 games. And he's already missed a game tonight. Uh, and so, you know. It's like, uh, Dude, do you know what the record is right now? It's the, the three Lakers. Five. Yeah, the Lakers. Three five. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, but I feel like they've been actually like outplaying their opponents, trying their hardest. LeBron's playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, they are having they're, some good games. They're, they're, they're not they're three five. Yeah, I, I said it before the season. I just think the Lakers are overrated. I think yeah, that they I, I had that they're, the playoffs. they're relying on Rui Hachimura. Like, make make it stop. Oh, it's, it's nasty, dude. So, it's, it's yeah. Suns almost they beat them almost. They almost beat them last game, the first game, the first matchup. So yeah. Booker should be back for this one. We're hoping, and yes. it's you know the jerseys that, that not gonna be, be able fun. to see each other. It's gonna be awesome. We'll see how that works <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to see them on TV. Oh, so you better be at the game. Yeah, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to a super chat. Five dollars in the super chat from. Alfredo, he says, John, you are the jam star. Got a response from Ishia for that badass art that you made. So for those of you know and, and who watch the pod, there's a painting that I have hanging behind me, and it came up on my memories the other day that three years ago this week, I finished this painting of All the Sun's Great. So I tweeted it out, and I said, what do you think, Matt Ishbia? And he responded to it, uh, you know, much to my surprise. But again, it just goes to show you how plugged in Ishbia is to the fan base. You know, his, his response to this is he goes looks awesome some amazing legends on there love it and thanks for sharing so that was that was a pretty cool moment it happened when i was yeah that is cool i was so busy at work and i looked down at my phone i've got like a million notifications i'm like what the hell happened who died you know who got traded and he's like no matt ishbia commented and everybody was commenting on Matt ishbia's thing and being like can you buy the diamondbacks next like come on guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're always like and then there's always uh the jamsters and the and the response is like, hey, be on the pod. You know, one of these days, yes. maybe he, I feel like out of anybody in the Suns organization, player, he, coaches, he'll be on the podcast. Like, I wasn't surprised that he responded to you, man. I really, I kind of wasn't. I'm like, dude, that's, you know, it just, it's, it goes along with this whole that's season. Why I, now. That's why awesome I tagged him. I'm like, I'm like, if anyone's going to respond, it's Matt Ishby. He's it's, plugged in. Yeah. No, hey, he is just like, Matt, if you're watching and you want to buy it, please. That'd yeah, be awesome. And, and honestly, like the whole season, like this, like the the intro to the three TV, like the pregame and all that, the the music, he's online. He's like Matt or Adam Silver, dude. Adam Silver yes. is always on Twitter trying to get the the reactions from the fans, what we can do to improve, what he can do to improve. Same thing with Israel, man. He's 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 watching us. He's like God, basically watching us. But then 
doesn't give us what I what we want, and we have a tough life. That's so never mind. It's like He's opposite of God. Well, here's what we're gonna Love do. Is I'm, I'm gonna move over here so the Suns Jam session logo is in this. And Matthew, you can snip this part because you do all a great job of snipping things and put them on YouTube and stuff. So you can snip this next part, and then we can tag Ishbia, and maybe he'll go for it. Matt, thank you again for commenting on the painting that I got right behind me. As you can see, we got it right here on the podcast, every post-game podcast for the Phoenix Suns. And Mr. Ishbia, if you want to buy it, go for it. I'd be honored if you were to buy this painting, hang it up in the office, hang it up somewhere in the arena. It's got all the Suns greats on it. So you've done a great job with the culture and make it a little bit greater by buying this painting. Appreciate you, Matt. There you go. Snip that. Put it on the YouTube <laughs> shorts. He'll watch yeah. it. I'll do it. Yeah. There okay. you go. That's how you do it. Awesome. And Jamsters, you were here for that. Yeah. Ishbia will buy the podcast and trade both John and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's thinking is the, the Chicago Bulls they had the NBC Sports. The Kings have like the N NBC Sports. And it's such a beautiful broadcast. And that's what Deuce yeah. and Mo, I don't know if you ever watched them. They're on the NBC Sports now. And I'm like, dude, that'd be awesome. Like if that was something here in Phoenix. And like they're like, hey tryouts and we get that or something i don't know you, know? you can't say f-bombs and but you can definitely <laughs> we, we would not have a potty <laughs> but you can definitely have batman masks <laughs> just hanging on your desk at work so that's all we got jamsters we appreciate that's you it. hanging out subscribe rate review hit that thumbs up button too many people are watching and not enough people are thumbs up and so by doing that, that's how you support the podcast. We'll be coming to you live after the Lakers game in some way, shape, or form. Matthew, take us home. Go home. Love your ispias.